Welcome everybody. It is the 22nd of February and this is the International Prayer Room and Global Watch. Today we are with Israel and Linda, who are based on Kangaroo Island of South Australia, in South Australia, and we are going to be praying and listening to what Israel has to share about the South Pacific. So apart from it being the 22nd of February, it's also Linda's birthday. So we just bless you, Linda, <laughs> for your birthday. Mm -hmm. and, and just over you both, I just wanted to declare this blessing, that you would live, walk, live and conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing in the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper, clearer insight. And we pray that you would be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise every kind of endurance and patience and perseverance and forbearance with joy. And we give the mm -hmm. thanks to the Lord for you both. And um, and I happily hand over to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Alison, and welcome, welcome to all of you. Uh, welcome to our regular South Pacific House of Prayer folks who have joined in. Welcome to our regular Global Watch prayer partners from all around the world as well. This it's afternoon here in South Australia, two thirty and it's 6 a.m. in Jerusalem, and good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon to wherever you are uh, right now. I just want to pray as we begin our time uh, this uh, with this hour of prayer. Father, we just want to honor you, and we thank you. We thank you, O Lord, that you are at work even when we don't see it. You are at work even when we don't feel it. And God, we thank you that you are continuously at work. And we just want to thank you for the opportunity to be partners with you, Lord, in what you are doing. Lord, standing on the walls, O oh Father, and being watchmen, O oh Father, in our region. And we thank you, Lord, that, that your Holy Spirit can enlighten us and lead us into targeted prayers, O oh Father, Lord. All this time and again today, we just want to commit that this time into your hands, O Holy Spirit, to lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was looking up the YouTube for songs and I've discovered this first song and it was sung by a Hawaiian group. And it's, it's one of those treasures you get to find on YouTube. And it's just, it resonates with my heart. It resonates with what this region stands for. Thank you, Alison, if you could bring that first song. Amen. Just before Alison bring about the next song, or as he's bringing it about, this next song is, is a testament to the growing number of pilgrimage that South Pacific Islanders have been taking to Israel in recent years. And with this coming a strengthening of ties between Pacific Island nations and, and Israel. And this is an example that was from four years ago. It was a, a Fijian group leading worship in Jerusalem. Uh, it's an event hosted by the ICJ. And it's just a picture of what it will look like in the new Jerusalem. 
So thank you, Alison, for bringing that song in. Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord, that you are a mighty God. You are, we will not retreat, we will not hesitate, Lord. We will step into faith, Lord, knowing that, God, you are the one who goes before us and nothing can be against us, Lord. So we just want to bless you and honor you, O oh Father. And we thank you that the Pacific Island nations are rising, O oh God, and we are enacting, O oh Father, Lord, what it's going to be like in Revelation, Lord. Tribes and tongues and nations, O oh Lord, coming before you kneeling, worshipping you, O oh God, Father, with different languages. And God, what a joy it will be that day. God, seeing the Pacific Island nations, Lord, our indigenous brothers here in Australia and New Zealand, O oh God, and, and everyone, O oh God, in the Pacific region, Lord, and Father, Lord, everyone and everyone in their language and their cultures, and everyone around the world, O oh God, enthroning the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We just want to bless you, Lord. We look forward to that day. We rejoice just thinking about it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And if you have your elements with you, we'll share communion now. And, and indeed, Lord, we stand today knowing, O oh God, Father, the ultimate price, O oh Father, that you have um, paid by giving your one and only Son, whose body was broken, whose blood was shed for us, O oh God. And we thank you that, Lord, we step into what we are doing today because of that ultimate uh, sacrifice, O oh Lord. We, O oh God, Father, step into claiming all the promises, O oh Father, because of that one ultimate sacrifice, Lord. And Father, we stand here, O oh God, representing our region and joining in with our brothers and sisters from around the world in saying yes and amen to that, Lord, claiming the blessings, claiming the calling that you have placed upon the Pacific region for the glory of your name. We partake together as we remember, affirm, testify, and agree going forward. Amen. And thank you, Lord, for the blood of God. Thank you for the blood of the new covenant, Lord, which is shed for many, which is said for all, O oh God. So we thank you, Lord, for this blood. There is power, there is renewal, there is strength, there is a new creation, Lord, cleansing in the blood of Jesus. Amen. 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 Yes, I just want to continue with our presentation today. What I'm going to do is just bring in updates from the Pacific region, and then we'll we'll get everyone to pray afterwards. So the first one I want to bring about is, I'll see if I can share the slide here. just want to bring to you, since we um, watched that Fijian worship, there's a lot that has happened in Fiji in the last couple of days. We know that there's a lot that is happening in Israel uh, at the moment as well, um, in terms of the war between Israel and Gaza or and Hamas at the moment, and that has global implications. We know that within this, there's a lot of contention that is going on, and we saw what South Africa did in terms of the the International Court of Justice, and just a thing in the last couple of weeks, there's only one country 
in the entire world that has so far in the articles that I've read has stood with the United States in supporting Israel at the moment. And that nation is the nation of Fiji um, in, in the Pacific region. Um, I'll just bring about the up, updates regarding this is his prime, prime minister, Minister Sitiveni Rambuka. Because of his stance with Israel and the United States, of course, it's a very sensitive situation now everywhere around the world. But Fiji making that stand, there's a lot of backlash um, coming from everywhere at the moment. So Sitiveni just this week defends the stance that Fiji has on Israel at the International Court of Justice. And I'll just read some of the extracts from from the articles we've from this week. So the International Court of Justice will bring hearings on Monday where Fiji and the United States are the only two countries endorsing such stands taken by Israel. While responding to questions by Fiji, Live New, the um, Office of the Prime Minister says Fiji's intended presentation at the International Court of Justice in The Hague specifically responds to the December 2022 United National General Assembly uh, resolution. What Fiji was saying is that we are just reaffirming what has already been there and established. We're not saying anything new. The resolution was adopted well before Hamas uh, assault on, on Israel on 7th of October. So that's where Fiji is coming from, is, is a, we are just reaffirming what that's already been there. The office says Fiji is therefore concerned that the current case sets a precedence for other ongoing conflicts that may be referred to the court, thereby undermining the court's integrity. This is the International Court of Justice. They say the court must not be used as a political playground to assert long-held presumptions and biases and in the course of doing so, misusing international law against its intended purpose. These things should be common sense and straightforward, but in the current political climate, even things like this are not there to be spoken. These things are just pushed to the side, therefore allowing and making way for new narratives to come up. But the fact that Fiji made a stand in raising this in the current state that we're in today speaks of a nation, speaks of a region that will stand with Israel through the with its right to defend itself. So that's where Fiji is coming from. It's not a very popular stand all everywhere around the world, according to articles from the ABC, the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. There are even local backlash from a human rights organization in Fiji at the moment. Uh, members of the opposition in the government are actually saying that Fiji shouldn't be making that stand since it's a very um, active force in the United Nations peacekeeping force and they are posted a lot of the times in the Middle East. And um, so that will somehow undermine Fiji's credibility in that regard. But City Rambuka, which is the prime minister, says, no, this is our stance. And that's what they say to the international community. I can say for certain that Fiji's stance is actually a representation of the majority of Pacific Islanders. They just didn't say it. 
and I saw the headlines and it's very negative towards Fiji, many of them, but I knew in my heart that a lot of Fijians would agree with what Sitiveni Rambuka has said, and not only Fijians, but many other Pacific Islanders would back Fiji in that same decision as well. So that's a very big happening from within the Pacific this week. And then we have a continuation of things happening in Papua New Guinea as well. And if I think last month we've, um, we've talked about some updates from PNG as well. And many of you are aware that from our from last month's South Pacific Global Watch, we've actually prayed for Papua New Guinea. And we started off by also looking at the fact that PNG has just recently opened an embassy in Jerusalem. But then, of course, that the enemy is not too happy about that and is trying everything it can to undermine Papua New Guinea as a nation and therefore throwing everything it can at the nation of Papua New Guinea. So since since that time that we've we've had that call, there was the riots in Papua New Guinea in January. Um, a lot has happened since then. As we speak, PNG's Prime Minister James Marape he faces a vote of no confidence at a time of unprecedented crisis in uh, Papua New Guinea. Um, so not only the recovery from the January riots and looting. Um, we also learn in the last couple of days, um, there's some disputes happening in Papua New Guinea uh, among the big corporate companies, and especially to do with fuel and stuff like that. Uh, what I looked up this morning, I saw cars all lining up at fuel stations because of this issue. So there's uh, the Puma Energy is the main fuel supplier for Papua New Guinea. They've had some dispute with PNG's central bank and the Bank of Papua New Guinea over its foreign exchange orders. And I believe Puma Energy have shifted from banking with BSP, which is the biggest banking network within the Pacific, not only in Papua New Guinea, but everywhere in the Pacific BSP or Bank South Pacific. So it has said it's closing Puma Energy's accounts with Puma Energy now banking with smaller PNG Bank called Kina Bank. Yeah, so this is is causing a lot of problem. It just announced that they're not gonna. The fuel is actually running out in Papua New Guinea right now because of this issue, so it will affect the economy. Just read that people whose livelihood depended on running private taxis and buses will definitely lose the livelihood if this continues. Pray for government policies in the next coming days. And that's, it's more complicated now that the government is facing a motion of no confidence. So Papua New Guinea is a Westminster parliamentary style of government system, which is almost the same Australia and Canada and the UK, uh, which means that once a motion of no confidence is brought in, and if the opposition side have has enough number, they can actually change a country's prime minister, depending on who's who has the, the majority vote. And um, so that's actually boiling as we speak in Papua New Guinea. There's a likely, very high likelihood that there's going to be a change of government. Uh, and considering these issues that have just come up, makes it more complicated for Papua New Guinea. And not only that, just this week as well, I'm pretty sure many of you, especially here in Australia or from the Pacific, would be aware of, of the recent flare-up of tribal violence again 
in Papua New Guinea. It's, it has gone to a point that it's so complicated at the moment because from back then, you got people fighting with spears, bows and arrows, and they've, and they've moved to axes and, and knives and stuff like that. But now it's more complicated because there's a lot of illegal within the tribal groups in Papua New Guinea at the moment. And in some of the articles, they say that the tribal people are actually using M16s and AR-15s, which is very high-powered assault rifles. This, this violence in the highlands of uh, Papua New Guinea is not, only, is not only concentrated within the tribal parties, but is, has now broken out to neighboring tribes as well. So there's a real risk of this escalating. So do pray for peace within the highlands of Papua New Guinea. At least 54 people have been killed so far in the Akon village in Enga province, which is in the heart of the highlands of Papua New Guinea. And there's some estimate that says that the number could be a lot higher than that. PNG's Prime Minister Marape said that he's going to seek help from Australia to support their police at the administration level to lead and guide. And Australia has always been there to support not only Papua New Guinea, but the Solomon Islands, Fiji, Vanuatu, Samoa, Tonga, and all the islands from the Pacific. So that's another update there coming from Papua New Guinea. So where does all this leave James Marape? So he's you ask his political opponents. They say that it's over for him. According to some articles, they say if you walk down the street, and talk to random people, they'll tell you that the country needs a change of leadership. So that's what people are saying on the street. But in recent weeks, since the last, since January's riots, 11 MPs from the government side have since moved to the opposition side. But also in recent weeks, Mr. Marape has been able to bring people from the opposition side into the government side as well. So there's some analysts who say that he might win the motion of no confidence, but the opposition say this is PNG. You may not have the numbers until the 11th hour. So regardless of what happens there, we really need to pray for stability. The last thing we want, even though if people want a change of leadership, the last thing we want is when a country breaks down into lawlessness and yeah, and run and fighting and just the breakdown of the basic things in society. So do uphold Papua New Guinea right now in your prayers. That's from the Melanesian block in the Pacific. I'll just run you through to the Micronesian side of the Pacific. The Micronesian side of the Pacific, they, and this was from about a week ago, Pacific Island leaders warned U.S. failure to pass a funding bill opens door to China. So the Federated States of Micronesia, Marshall Islands, and Palau say that Congress need to approve fresh support announced by Joe Biden. These countries of Micronesia are right at the top of um, the equator. They share, I'm going to show you later, a map of why they are very strategic and why these guys are, are quite unique, even though they are in the Pacific they have a very unique relationship with the United States of America. Um, so they have an, an existing, um, like an agreement 
that has been there for more than 20 years already. So the Federated States of Micronesia, Marshall Islands, and so they they are at the moment at a point where they are wanting to renew that that 20 year uh, funding program that has been there. Um, so according to them, it's called the agreement. The uh, agreement is known as the Compacts of Free Association. So what this program is that the United States will support and fund these three main Micronesian countries. And uh, in exchange, these countries will, they give the United States a almost free access to their, to their sea territories. It's, um, it's a very unique place. It says there, where is it again? So they were wanting to renew this agreement. But the issue now is that at the Congress, they are so they're so occupied with uh, the war that's happening in the Ukraine, in Israel, and also in Taiwan. So therefore, this agreement, even though as important as it is, um, like has been sidelined so that the priority for the Congress remains with Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. But that's not to say that the COFA agreement is as important as and needing support as those as well. And they are saying that in a joint letter to the Senate leaders, um, they, they warned the delay had generated uncertainty amongst our peoples and resulted in undesirable opportunities for economic exploitation by competitive political actors in the Pacific. And they are when they say this, they have they are actually referring to China. Um, in a separate letter from Palau's president, in a, in a warning that the delay played into the hands of China and politicians in Palau who wanted to accept Chinese economic inducements to shift diplomatic recognition of Taiwan to Beijing. So it's very important to note as well that in recent years, China's drawn away several of Taiwan's few remaining diplomatic allies, including Nauru just in January this year, and Honduras in 2023. There are now just 11 countries which recognize Taiwan as a sovereign country, most of them small nations in the Caribbean or Pacific regions. One of the most controversial switches in recent times was Solomon Islands, which cut its 36-year-old ties with Taiwan in favor of China in 2019 and went on to sign a, luc a lucrative trade pact with, with Beijing, and in 2023, a highly contentious security agreement. The agreement prompted alarm in the US and among its Western and regional allies about Beijing's military presence in the Pacific. Just to, to remind us again, among the very few Pacific Islanders allies of, of Taiwan, that's, they are the three Micronesian countries that are seeking support from the United States today. Um, so they are the only three that are left in the Pacific uh, right now. Um, so that's a prayer point, just to show you this map, just to show you where and what we are talking about. So you can see the three regions of, of the Pacific Island nations, including New Zealand and Australia. You can see the bluish, um, region that is called Melanesia. So we've just talked about Papua New Guinea, a bit about Solomon Islands, Fiji, 
these are the Melanesian region. And then the Polynesian region are the green, they're the green side of uh, on the map. And then the Micronesian side uh, at the top, it's uh, the light pinkish uh, region at the top there. But you can see in terms of boundary, you can see how Hawaii right there. And it says a territory with the Marshall Islands. And Caroline Islands is part of the Federated States of Micronesia. And then you see Palau is almost next to the Philippines. And then you got the Mariana Islands. That is why the United States is so keen in maintaining a good relationship with the Micronesian bloc at the top there, because it's actually their first line of defense. And Hawaii is there, and then you have all its allies, and then you have Palau, and then the Philippines, and of course, Taiwan, and then Japan right at the top there. And that's, it shows you how important to pray into this, because if the United States lost its footing in the Micronesian bloc, uh, it might as well say goodbye to its territorial interest in the Pacific. That's, that's a bit about our presentation for today. I know there's a lot of information to take in for now, but I believe all I share, the Lord has given you downloads as to what to pray for in the next couple of minutes. So thank you, Alison, if you could break it out, break us out into prayer rooms. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, everyone. Would there be anyone who would like to give a feedback from, from the various rooms this morning? I think I was, I think it was called room one. I'm not sure. But I think there was a recognition of a David and Goliath situation. The little being confronted by the big. And, uh, I think that couched a lot of the prayers in that room. I felt some one to one is for the islands and that they must remember that the help comes from the Lord and that they are not to keep on looking to maybe America, nothing wrong with that if God allows it, but they need to rely on the Lord. I, I, I kind of sense that they are not doing anything towards that, leaning upon the Lord and seeking him for their sovereignty, their help. Because God does give sovereignty, doesn't he? And he's the one who draws the boundaries for nations. And the people and the nations must rise up and lay hold of what the Lord has given to them, rather than looking on, on the left and on the right. Yeah, that's all I want to share. God will raise up the righteous ones. Does righteousness exalt a nation? Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing, Hef. Yes, Lord, we do pray against the spirit of idolatry within the Pacific region, Lord. Let the eyes of the nations, Lord, be turned to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Jenny, I see you there. Is there anything you'd like to share? I was a few minutes late on because I promised at the doctor's appointment, but I did hear all your summing up. And, and this is wonderful because this is the information we want. This is the information for us to take away, not just to pray here. Lovely to see Christine on the line because, Christine, you're at Elohim, aren't you? Elohim. Yes, with Glenn Robotham. Yes. He's from Germany. It's wonderful just to see what the Lord is doing, isn't it? 
but from Germany, from Hernhut, she's now with Glenn in, on Mount Carmel, and then here praying with us into the South Pacific. So just on my heart, what wonderful research that you've done, Israel, because as I said, we can take hold of this now and we are seeing the increasing footprint of the dragon but the Lord is positioning everybody to see just what is going on so we can take it to him in prayer. So well, well done. Amen. Thank you, Jenny. Anyone else would like to share from your prayer room? Uh, one thing, uh, Israel, which is a, rather a conclusion from what we were praying, is that, as has already been said, uh, the whole of the South Pacific is in a, a David-Goliath situation, really, aren't we? Australia hasn't really got anything much to defend itself with, and certainly the, the small islands of the, of the Pacific haven't either. And uh, so we are really thrown upon the Lord now. We are thrown upon him for his spiritual strategies and uh, for him to come and save Taiwan and save us all, the South Pacific as a whole. Uh, we have no other help, have we? It's, it's really interesting that this year in the Chinese calendar is, guess what? <laughs> it's the <laughs> I was reminded when I was in the Solomon's Inn while I was hiding from the government, I was so close to saying yes to my tribesmen taking retaliation against the government. I was this close to saying, yes, do it. But in that moment, the Lord said, no, don't do it. And then uh, he gave me Psalm 91 in that moment. And I've read Psalm 91 before, but it's not uh, on that moment. I read it in the new light. One of the versions, the version that I had actually spoke about being the lion stepping on the little dragon's head. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I'm very excited from then, from that moment up until now still knowing within my heart that there's going to be a significant defeat of the dragon somehow, somewhere along the line. And I'm praying, I don't know if it's going to be this year or the next 10 years, I don't know, but I just know in my heart and I carry and I fully believe in my whole heart um, that the lion will trample on the um, dragon's head. I thought I just want to share that as well. Thank you very much, everyone. We're right on the hour. I'll just um, hand on uh, hand it back to um, Alison um, before, um, so she can bring our time to a close. Thank you, Alison. Well, thank you, Israel. It was a great hour, and and we thank you for bringing us up to speed. And as Jenny said, we can take away with us those points and just be mindful of. Remembering our God is, he's the Goliath <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to, to anybody or anything else. So bless you, everybody. And thank you, both Israel and Linda. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Israel. Thanks, Linda. Bye-bye. Thank